Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys. My voice might go a little, I don't know, in and out today, only because I was talking so much yesterday at, uh, at like a pool party that I'm basically, my voice is not gone, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it might come in and out. So I'm here with Mr. Steven as, uh, I would say as usual, but I don't know, it feels like it's been a while since it's just been the two of us. Yeah, the, the last uh, podcast was you and Adam, when Texas became a Canadian province, and yep. before that, Ahmed did his, his first solo uh, gamers, and before that, I was on the team on the fanboys, so I tend to skip the gamers, I just like the fanboys now, I'm very, very precautious about the podcast I want to do, it costs a lot of money too, so yeah, you, you, you try to use me as less as possible. Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly right. So what have you been up to lately then? Because it's been a while since you've had an opportunity to tell people all of the glorious games you're playing. <laughs> well, there's actually a video up today when we're recording, which is Saturday the 14th, on the stuff you bought me for my birthday, which was Thursday. That's right. And I, that's what I've been playing lately, so why not start with these two, which will probably be the only two games I'll talk about, but... The first one I did, I haven't tried Bayonetta yet, because I haven't had a chance, but I did try Mario Tennis, Aces, and I played that for a few hours. I've only done the uh, story mode so far, so I'm not sure how much, uh, I can't talk about multiplayer, I can't talk about like anything else but the, uh, the main game, but I'm not super impressed so far. Like. Uh, I always, when I watched the E3 or the last time we did a direct together with Ahmed, I always said that I don't like the gimmicks they've added to the Mario Sports title since the GameCube days. I always Mario Tennis on the N64 for me was very special, and I always loved that game. But I don't know since uh, the GameCube days, they always added gimmicks and gimmicks and gimmicks, and I tend to go as far away from these titles as possible. And this seems to be the case with aces especially in the story mode like after playing the excellent golf story last year like this story mode for now sucks like there's no story that i care of the gameplay is all gimmicks there's next to no tennis and of course i'm not very far so maybe it becomes a lot better later on but one of the issues and i've seen this on websites reported is that like, it seems like it's an extremely rushed game, and that's unfortunate after what the Wii U had with Mario Tennis. Like, the goal of the, the story mode is to get five power gems, and once you beat the first boss, you get a power gem, but the thing is, you don't actually get anything. You open a treasure chest, and you never see any animation, and no power gem ever pops up on the screen, so you know you got it because... Uh, is it Toad? I think it's Toad that tells you you got it, but it's like it's like if you would open a treasure chest in Zelda and nothing would come out of it, but you know you'd have the item in your inventory after it. There is no satisfactory moment in that. Uh, in that, so you're basically playing just to be playing it. It's missing a little something there just for that. And like I said, the story, like I have no idea what the story is right now because I'm just skipping the dialogue over and over because I don't care. They, they've lost me basically like five seconds into it. 
And I, I didn't mind that much as long as I was playing tennis. But for most of the, these missions, it's not actually tennis matches. It's just like gimmicks. And I hate that stuff. And like, just let me play. Uh, let me play some good old old fashioned tennis against like. That's what I like about the original Mario Tennis on the N64. It was just like tournaments and cups. And the harder it got, like the, the more fun it was. And it eventually, at the beginning, you were you had trouble. But by the end of it, like I had no problem against any computer at any difficulty. So that's what I want. And I don't think I'm going to get this from this game. So probably what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play some multiplayer. I know I'll probably play against Ahmed eventually. And Timothy... Uh, told me he wants to get a switch eventually which he's been telling me for like years so it'll probably never happen but if it does he apparently wants to play this game for some reason again i haven't played a game with tim in like years i don't even remember the last time i played a game with him he's he's even worse than you when it comes to that stuff he's just he always says stuff but never does it kind of like you yeah yeah yeah. i i honestly i i i question if he's actually human because like he, I'm not he might sure. be an AI bot. Yeah, exactly. That's what I I think. I don't think he actually exists because he <laughs> sends me stuff that he's like, you know, we should really do this or that or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool, all right, let's uh, you know, let's look into this or whatever. And then I never hear anything ever again. So yeah, he's a lot like me, like that. It's interesting. Maybe <laughs> I'm an AI bot. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. That okay. game sounds amazing, by the way. Eh? But, like it just uh, sounds just super good. Ahmed's <laughs> going to listen to this and say, "Like, how dare you?" Cause no, but Ahmed likes. It. He also has lots of friends to play, uh, like multiplayer couch co-op. Oh yeah, like, I have cool. no friends to play that. Like everybody, you have no friends in general. I have no friends in general. Everybody at my age basically has kids like me, and the odds of. Uh, of getting together for Friday or Saturday and playing video games. Like, that happens once a year now. And usually when it does, we play Mario Kart 64 for some reason. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm sure that this is a fun multiplayer game. That's I have no problem with that. Like I, like I said, maybe my opinion will change. Well, I didn't say it, but maybe my opinion will change when I play more multiplayer and stuff like that. Because I think I'm basically done with this single-player story mode. I'm going to tr- try a bit more. But after playing Golf Story last year, like there's just so much better. I'm just disappointed that two guys from Australia were able to do a way better job than however big this team was that worked on this game. So... Like we're gonna talk a bit about this later, but I think like Nintendo just had uh, has some big holes this year with games, and they just decided to put the Mario Tennis in there, like they did with the Wii U back then. And this one, while it's a bit more polished than the Wii U one, still is far from impressive in my book from the two or three hours I've played with it so far. Great. All right, next game which caught me off guard is Street Fighter Anniversary Collection. I'm not sure if it's called Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection or just Anniversary Collection, but that's the game you bought me on the Switch. And, man, I've been having a blast playing that game. And the reason is there are a few games in that that I've never played. Mainly the original Street Fighter, which I played for like 15 minutes. And <laughs> don't It's a masterpiece. I'll, yeah, it is. I think I won't be going back to that one, but it was fun. <laughs> to try it like most people probably never played it and street fighter alpha i forgot which one i had on the saturn i think it was two and three or only yeah. two no i anyway, think you it was two 
Yeah. So I played Alpha, the original one, and I played a bit of Tree. And Street Fighter 2, I believe I played most of these versions at some point because I was surprised when I, if you've seen the video that there were five versions because there's one that's called Street Fighter with a dash and the other one is called Street Fighter with a blue dash. And it, te- it, it, it turns out that the, the blue dash is what, the Champions Edition or the, it's the second arcade one. Yeah, 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 I, Championship Edition. Yeah, I, I, I was confused because it's not like the other ones are, have their, their subtitles on the back of the box. This one, did not, so I was wondering what was uh, going on there. But the biggest surprise for me was Street Fighter 3. I have never played that game, and it's just a lot and a lot of fun. And I know uh, that when it was released, you told me that nobody really liked it. And I think it's because like this happened a lot back in the day when 2D games were still released. Everybody wanted their games to be in 3D back then. So I know, I'm not sure if this had anything to do with the, ba- well, not the backlash, but the reception, because I even remember when the GameCube was, was released, Super Smash Brothers Melee, I was hearing at the school, because I was in high school back then, that people thought the graphics and the visuals looked uh, horrible, simply because it was a 2D game. People did not really uh, understand that, and I imagine Street Fighter 3 might have been, have gotten a bit of backlash because it was in 2D, but apparently the, Last version of Tree is now considered one of the best 2D fighters of all time, so I think history has corrected itself. But man, I'm having a blast with that game. Like, I, there's like two or three characters, maybe four, that are returning, and all the rest are new. And it's just, it's like a brand new game for me, and I'm having a blast. I, I the only problem right now is that uh, my girlfriend re- re- recently repainted the living room, so. My dock is not right now on the TV, so I'm only playing in portable mode, and it's very hard to play this with the D-pad. And I found found out recently I played with the Pro Controller in tabletop, and I found out that I don't know what if I'm getting arthritis or whatever, but I can't play as much as I used to. My hands are getting cramped after two or three matches, and unfortunately, even though the control stick is a lot less precise for me. It's a lot more comfortable on my hands. So I do tend to go back and play, even though it's it's like I suck with the joystick, it's still at least I, I'm comfortable and I don't have massive hand cramps. But once uh, it's back in uh, on the TV, I'll play a lot more in dark mode with the Pro Controller and I'll probably be able to play more and have more fun. But it's just so far... Uh, just a great experience and the final boss in Street Fighter 3 has been giving me such a hard time I've been calling him Jared now he's such an asshole man he <laughs> and I figured out I think I almost got it because if you win the second round and he has a maximum his supers up he'll automatically revive himself at full health and if he does that you're screwed but I think that if his uh, so basically my strategy is I have to win the first round and I have in the second round to get him to use that super and then I'll die. But by the, basically in the third round, I should be able to hopefully KO him before he gets his super recharge. And I should be good to go. That's what I think. I don't know. This is the in the first Street Fighter 3. I know that in the second and the third Street Fighter 3 that Gil has even more power-ups and even more ridiculous attacks. So those will be fun as well. But... Hopefully one day I will be able to beat him and just play more Street Fighter. Do you have this game? Uh, that's a good question. I have to check. Okay, I know that that might sound really stupid, but it's because like uh, I stopped ordering 
everything. Like I, 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 well, I told you in April, I think it was, I, uh, I got that last bundle there or March or whenever it was, whenever I ordered that, that last little, like those games when I, with the gift cards, that was the last thing. I haven't bought anything since I've been true to my word, man. All right. Well, anyway, I'm sure you'll get this eventually. As I'd love to play a few matches with you and get my ass kicked, that would be fun. Especially if we would stream that, because it's... Like, I... This is... For me, fight, fighters is the hardest uh, genre out there. Like, I don't... And it's funny, because there are people out there who, like, kick Gil's ass without even breaking a sweat. Yeah. And yeah. For, for... It's like... It's such a different world than me. Because any other uh, genres out there, I believe that if I would play and practice, I could eventually get better. I'm not saying I would be a master like at games like Ikaruga or, or shooters like that, but I know that I, be- I get better at playing. Fighting games, I just don't seem to get it. And still, have I, I can have fun with them, but I just don't seem to get it. But I'd love to play against you, even though you're probably not in your prime anymore. You, you'd still get back some of those reflexes pretty quick and be able to show me some cool stuff maybe with a few of these characters or even Street Fighter 2 or Alpha those are great games as well so that would be fun to play with you eventually hopefully well okay I got a few things I'd like to say just about this uh, just so that we don't have um, you know people leave comments like what the hell are you talking about or whatever Uh, I just want to go back to what you were saying uh, about Street Fighter 3 itself so it got a lot of negative press back when the original Street Fighter 3 was released. And the main reason why is because of, like, what you said, there were no returning characters, pretty much. Like, you you, you had very, very few returning characters, and that was, like, an immediate turnoff. And I think, unfortunately for Capcom, Street Fighter 3 came out at the worst possible time. Because it came out during the the rise of the 3D fighter, like you said. So, like, people were were obsessed with Soul Calibur and all those type of games. And your Tekkens and your, you know, all, all of that crap. Fighter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, of course, keeping in mind that, like, Virtua Fighter, for example, it wasn't Virtua Fighter 1 or 2 at this point. Like, this was already quite a few years into this. But for 2D fighters, 2D fighter ha- fighters had moved into the versus uh, fighting genre by this particular point in time. So to go back to a what what you know what was viewed as a simplistic fighter with only like how many characters are in the original one? Uh, it's like less than ten, I believe. Eight, yeah, ten. exactly. Okay, perfect. Can I quickly just say one? I I don't understand why people get upset when games untr- like don't bring back that many new characters. Like it, for me, I love when that happens because it like I've already played with these characters before. Like when people when Pokemon Pokemon Black and White was released, it was a huge uproar because you could not play with the Pokemon of the past generations. And for me. That's why, that's what got me back into the series because it was 150 brand new creatures that I've never seen or never played with. And that's what I like about new games. I don't, and I, I know that I'm in the minority here because many people hated black and white because of that. And I imagine the same thing with Street Fighter 3. But for me, that's why 
like I'm really having fun with Street Fighter 3 because those are all characters I've never played with. No, it, exactly, man. I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things. And so what was really really unfortunate with Street Fighter 3 and for a lot of you guys that are going to listen to this, you if you were a hardcore gamer back then, then you're going to be like, what the hell is Jared and Steven? Like, what are these guys talking about? Because this is a great game and it was well received and blah, 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 blah. But the truth is that it was not well received by the masses. The masses were, were just turned off by, by a wide array of things. The wacky characters were one of the main things. People were like, what is this? Now, the hardcore, like I say, loved it, and you know that, what is it, Evo Event uh, 53 or 23 or whatever the hell it is, uh, completely changed the future of that game. Like, that's where people realize just how technical the game actually is, and it, it, it was like a breath of fresh air for the franchise, but back when it was relevant, there were very few people that actually thought that. And I said really unfortunate for Capcom... Because that game was supposed to usher in their brand new arcade hardware, which was the CPS3 system, but it bombed. And because it bombed, and again, you have to think that this is really poor timing. This was at the tail end of the arcade sort of renaissance, like arcades were dying at this particular point in time, because you had like the Dreamcast, for God's sakes, which was able to have arcade perfect ports of fighters so why would you want to go and you know buy this whole new arcade hardware like it just didn't make any sense and so in the end only six games would ever be made for the cps hardware which were red earth or Warzone, um or war zord i forget anyways red earth is what it was called here um there was the two JoJo's Bizarre Adventure games and then the three versions of Street Fighter 3. And unfortunately, none of those games ever did anything for Capcom. And it was really sad because then they would cancel the CPS3 hardware and actually go back to the CPS2 hardware. And if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to check the years and stuff. I don't want to lie to you guys, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, that there were other fighters that were made after Street Fighter 3, but back on the CPS2 hardware. And it's just, it's a shame. It's a real shame that, you know, all this research and development and all this time and effort that they put into it just fizzled. But I am happy that years later, the game would get the recognition that it deserves. And you're only playing Street Fighter 3, right? Like, you haven't touched Second Impact? Yeah, no, or, I, I've, taught, I, I've played the other two. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, because like, um, what is it? Double Impact, sorry. Double Impact and Third Strike, I think is what the they're called. But those are really good games, man. Like, th- th- that's one of the most technical fighters Capcom has ever released. And, uh, well, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying it. That's it. That's yeah, all no, I I'm, re- I'm really <laughs> enjoying them. And I, like I said, I hope, I hope we get to play some matches because... I want to play against someone who knows a bit more about this stuff and just maybe have fun and maybe teach me a bit or just whatever. Well, if shoot I, the if shit. It, yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to really just turn it on. I don't even remember, like, uh, what the hell. No, uh, no, I'm not expecting the, you to be an Evo Grandmaster. Well, no, 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 man. Yeah, of tricks, course. But, like, you already have a lot more uh, experience with this stuff than I do. And 
just I love these new characters and I, even the visuals like are amazing. Like uh, nice, yeah, man. They feel a bit more cartoony, but it's a nice little uh, upgrade. Yeah, I remember that was the thing that I was super impressed with. Was that was I was like, wow, this actually like this looks really good. But again, it was just it just never resonated. There's, there's also a museum where they tell you about every character in the game, and it's awesome. Uh, reading about is it Dan? Like the yeah uh, yeah yeah. The, they call him the taunt artist <laughs> and it's hilarious what Dan thinks of himself like he he really thinks he's the best fighter out there and he thinks his style is the he thinks Ryu and Ken's style are just inferior versions of his <laughs> <laughs> good old Dan that's really that and I can't believe that some people are actually good with him yeah I know seriously like some people are ridiculous, like have won tournaments and all kinds of crazy crap. And to me, that's like the biggest insult of all, you know? It's like, oh, I got destroyed, I mean, like in the finals by Dan. <laughs> like That's just like, what? So yeah, that's pretty crazy. So those have been the two games, and you said Bayonetta you didn't... Uh, no, well, tackle. yeah, I, I figured that two games for now would be enough. Yeah, I'm going to be very curious to hear what, um, like, in the next week or two, where you're at with these particular games. Because I, I, I picked you up Street Fighter. I, I went through the different games, right, that you um, that you had on your Amazon list. And I was like, okay, well, I'm like, I could get you another DS game and stuff. And I was like, nah, but I want, I want to see if you didn't play this Street Fighter. And to me, this is like the ultimate version of Street Fighter. And yeah, it doesn't come with Street Fighter 4, but... I still think this is like the ultimate version of the game because you get like this huge wealth of history of all these fighting games. And particularly with the Switch, what I really like is the fact that like you can take this with you, you know, yeah. like, like it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I, I, I so I thought I'm happy. I'm happy that you're, you're enjoying this. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be curious to see what you think of Bayonetta because you never did play that, right? I played the second one for a bit on the Wii U, but. As soon as it got open world, uh, I, I got discouraged. I don't know why, but I want to try the first one first because I, I don't know. I want to try the first one. Maybe that one is more straightforward, linear. That's what I want. Basically, I want it more linear. But I, I probably should just give it a, a chance and see if it grabs me after. Yeah, I mean, and if it doesn't grab you, it doesn't grab you. I mean, that's that's just it. Uh, you know that you have to download one of them, right? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I had no problem with that. Okay. No, no. I'm just and saying. Always download them overnight. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was just going to tell you. Just make sure that you, if you want to play it there, download it like, like overnight, so that you don't get screwed. So okay. So uh, I'd love to tell you what I've been playing, but it's a whole lot of bubkiss. I have uh, been working so much; it's uh, absolutely insane. I have a question for you. Since you did my reviews, you had to play Celeste for a bit. What did you think of that? I, I I think I told you before that like I am really getting out of platformers, platformers yeah. and stuff like now it's I just I, I find it frustrating like where I, I see the appeal there's no question like I see the appeal I I especially if you were a speedrunner it must be amazing like it must be unbelievable to see what some did people can do did you do any of the other chapters before besides the first one because that's all the footage I did I the first two the first two, okay. Yeah. The second one had a pretty cool twist when you get chased and all that. At the yeah, end. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I find I get like I've become a baby more so than yeah. It was called funny in years. the footage. It was like you were doing something stupid where there was an elevator that would that would 
push you up and clearly with the momentum you were supposed to jump and it will give you a huge push and you didn't figure it out at all in the video I was like man this stuff seems very simple but I guess Jared is like <laughs> I'm, I'm a simpleton <laughs> yeah you didn't figure it out at all and I was like what the hell is going on here just did this man ever play a video game before no never it's actually all a lie my life is a lie <laughs> <laughs> well you're an AI bot remember Exactly, you see? Precisely. Uh, but yeah, no, so I mean, that's, that's that. I, I, but I'm having a hard time playing anything right now, man. Like, anything, anything. I, I was playing Skyrim for a little bit, just casually, like, nothing serious, just whenever I had, you know, like, an, like, I don't know, 40 minutes or whatever. Thankfully, the bugs and all of that have, I'm gonna knock on wood here, but they have apparently subsided a little bit, which is good. I'm very, very happy about that. Because for a while there, like I was texting you, it was just bloody ridiculous. Like, it, it was absurd. It was like I had to save every maybe 30 seconds because the game would lock up. It would freeze. NPCs wouldn't be where they're supposed to be. Like, it was just ridiculous. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't, like, fun because it's a complete mess. But it, it's gotten better now, and I have no idea if I'm going to keep playing that or, or what. I just received notification this morning that a package was delivered yesterday, and I was like, what the hell? And I forgot that uh, I had actually pre-ordered, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, that it's really Octopath? weird one. Yeah, Sorry. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Project Octopath Trailer or Traveler or whatever the hell it is. So I'm pretty sure that's what it is uh, because when I looked up uh, whatever EB Games there, they were like, oh yes, it's us that's delivered a parcel to you. So I'm positive it's that. So I'm, I've become much more into like those type of games now, these slow pace kind of like your your other one there, what was it? Uh, Night in the Woods. That was excellent. I finished that. That was excellent. That's a really really good game. And you finished that because I checked on your I check on your playtime and it still said you only played it for an hour. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? If you finished it in an hour, he's no, I did not finish impossible. it in an hour. It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. Well, anyways, um, but that that was really really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I went by. You finished that one? That's good, man. I'm glad you gave it a chance. That yeah, was... no, like, but that's what's happening to me now. Like, I, I'm getting more into, like, story driven, um, at your own pace type things. Like, even Skyrim, like, you can, there's no rush. Like, I can take my time. I can do whatever the hell I want. I also finished, uh, the mummy, uh, yeah, oh demastered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Demastered. There you go. Uh, that was really good too. That was excellent. I was really surprised like proud of myself i didn't die anywhere near as much as i thought i would uh which was really good there's that's a new a game up too that you might like uh, bomb chicken that one the last nindy showcase you were really excited about that one and it's mm -hmm, out mm -hmm. now so you might want to try that one i was what was it called about bomb chicken, bomb chicken? chicken I'll write bomb. It down. i was thinking about giving it a download because it seems like a pretty solid game got solid reviews too well uh, this is my last week of madness is uh is is this week monday and wednesday of this week are are my last like like oh my god and then i have one month off 
and then and not like one month off as in I'm not working or anything. I mean one month off with no school. And then that's when then August twentieth, the week of August twentieth, my life is pretty much over because that's when school officially begins for seventeen months of hell. But it hopefully will be worth it uh, afterwards. And honestly, I don't know. I'm going to see because I don't know what to expect, right? I have no idea. Like, am I going to need every waking moment to do to do studying and stuff? I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't foresee any problems with podcasts, with Dragon Quest X. I, I, don't, I don't foresee any issues just because it's like it's an hour. You know what I mean? Like, it's really, it's only an hour. If Cranberry continues to supply me with footage, it's really not a big deal. It's, it's truly not a big deal. So, anyways, okay, we've already done, like, half the podcast. We haven't talked about anything. <laughs> awesome. So, what do you want to talk about? Well, I give you the, the order. Oh, okay, you want me to, uh, okay. I didn't realize you wanted me to lead the whole thing, you lazy bastard. All right, so the first thing that Stephen wanted to talk about, and this is all Stephen, which is good because, like he always says, he's the brains of uh, the operation here. So we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo shareholders and uh, how they are sort of they're they're a weird bunch, okay? And they they sort of like had a panic and they started selling like crazy, and the shares dropped by I forget the percentage, but a, a, a decent amount. Now, full disclosure here, Stephen mentioned this, uh, I don't know, like a couple weeks back or whatever. He said you should mention the fact that you actually are a shareholder. So one of the reasons why I've never actually done this in the past is because I'm completely neutral in the sense that I have shares of Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Apple, Google. Like I, I have shares of a wide assortment of companies. So there is no benefit in me like bad mouthing Microsoft and praising Nintendo because I have shares of both companies. Like it doesn't, I'm still a neutral party. I want all the companies to be successful, obviously, because, well, I would make money if they're all successful. Uh, but the thing is like all of these companies have such diverse portfolios and backgrounds that they're really not the same. The only company that is truly a video game company wholly is Nintendo. The other two companies, they've got their, you know, their claws and so many other things that it's ridiculous. And yes, Sony primarily now is a PlayStation company, but they still have, you know, they still have music, they still have electronics, they still have all kinds of other, other things. So, something to, to note here. Shareholders are weird. Okay? Shareholders like me, like you listening, like Steven, like anyone else, Unless you guys are multimillionaires, when if that's the case, well, thanks for listening because you could be listening to well anything. Uh, we can't buy shares that are really going to do anything, right? Like most companies hate us; they don't like the common shareholder, the 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 guy that has ooh, I have ten shares of Nintendo. Like we are pretty much insignificant. And the reason why the companies don't like people like us is because we're not going to sell those shares. We're going to hold on to those shares and we're going to wait until the share price goes up and we've made a certain amount of money and then we're going to sell them. That's the way it is. And then we're going to bank our little profit and the way we go. Or we'll be lifetime holders, meaning that you're going to hold on to this share 
for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And then, you know, when you retire or whatever, you'll, you'll sell them and you'll, you'll have your, your profit that you, you have. And there it is. Now, the thing is, for a company's perspective, that's actually garbage. They do not like people like that because the market value of shares is completely dependent on the purchasing and selling of stock of the company. Like that's how the stock prices go up, they go down, things like that. So if you're holding on to shares forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, nothing is happening in the market. So you're stagnating that company's share value. So that's that's it in a nutshell. I mean, there's way more to it than that. But it's just to say that, you know, the the people who truly have an impact on an organization's stock price or share value are the ones that have a lot of shares. So if you're holding like a million shares and you watch E3 and you're like, you know what, I I didn't like it. No, sir, I did not like it and they sell those shares, depending at the sell price, that can negatively impact your, your, your overall market value. And again, there's way, way more to it. I, I, I know I'm going to have some, uh, you know, economists come in and what are you talking about, Jared? It's more than that. But I'm just trying to give people an idea of how these things sort of work. Now, the problem is people that have those large amounts of shares aren't really going to be watching E3. You know, they're, they're typically, unless they're like an investment, um, like broker themselves, they usually have people that do this for them. And the, it, like, do these people know anything about the gaming industry whatsoever? Or is Nintendo simply another stock to these people? And that's the ultimate question. Because like when I read headlines that like, you know, shareholders lose faith in Nintendo and the, the share price goes down and all of this, to me, it's like, yeah, well, understanding the way shares work and investments work, like it just, it's likely that these people have no idea of any of this sort of stuff. And they, they sort of got that sense that, well, maybe this wasn't as uh, well received as it could be. And what are the future plans for Nintendo? I didn't really get a good sense of that. Sell the shares because uh, I didn't like the way this went. And that's it. Now you may speak. <laughs> yeah, I found that uh, I found that weird a bit because this happened, uh, seems to happen a lot. And even uh, Nintendo commented on this. And they, they seemed a bit annoyed and frustrated with that. Uh, and I don't know how you could decide that with the E3 showing, because there were rumblings that the shareholders were unhappy before E3, because I guess they are, some of them, the investors already know what was going to be shown at E3, already had and then, uh, some knowledge of what Nintendo's was going to release for the rest of the year. And that's what I find strange, because I want to talk for a bit about 2018 for Nintendo and how I found that they have lost a lot of momentum they've built from 2017 and I wonder why that happened because I said last year that it was impossible for Nintendo to have another Mario and Zelda in the same year or even another one of these anytime soon in a year so I, I thought that no matter what happened people might be disappointed because of the incredible year they had last year. But even last year, even if you remove Zelda and Mario, they still had a brand new original IP or game every month. Like, it was incredible. 
and I'm really lost and puzzled at how 2018 got so bad for Nintendo. Basically, every game released so far is a Wii U port, only Kirby and Mario Tennis Aces, which I've already told you I'm not really impressed with, and the same with Kirby. Like, I haven't talked about Kirby yet, but I've played Kirby for a few hours, and compared to Planet Robobot, it's nothing. I hate it when Nintendo takes a platformer and creates a multiplayer game out of it. Like, sure, you can play Kirby single-player, but it's meant to be played multiplayer, and it really, really struggles when you play single-player, in my opinion, compared to Planet Robobot, which was a masterpiece. So, that's it. They've they've had two games. So, if you were a Wii U owner like me, which most of you weren't, like, 2018 for Nintendo is terrible. All you're getting is ports, 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 and more ports. And that will change. That's why I'm puzzled by the investors, because in November gets Pokemon and December gets Smash, and both those games will sell gangbusters. But besides those, like, man, 2018 has been a terrible year for the Switch. And, like, I know a lot of people will say that the the Switch is still selling. Yeah, it is, but it's not selling as well as as they expected it to be. And the games are not really... You're not hearing about, like, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2 bombed. Uh, Kirby, like, wasn't, like... It, you're not hearing about these games, Hyrule Warriors. You're not hearing about them, like, selling crazy, crazy, like, arms. And uh, Splatoon did. Like, Splatoon, you knew it would sell well, because even in the Wii, it, sell, it sold well. But arms, that was a, a, a small risk, and it became a million seller instantly. Even Xenoblade Chronicles 2 sold a million copies, so really, really disappointed by 2018 so far, and I don't know why they let that happen, because I look at two franchises, which is Animal Crossing. The last Animal Crossing was released in 2013. That's five years ago. There's no way in hell that they haven't been working on the new Animal Crossing since then, and, like, it should be almost ready now. So if Animal Crossing is not released next year, I don't know what the heck Nintendo are doing and who is running that company because they're doing something wrong. And the last example I have is 2D Mario. As much as everybody loved uh, Odyssey, 2D Mario doubles or triples the sales of 3D Marios. And the last one was released in 2012. That's six years ago. Like, where the hell is my 2D Mario, and why isn't there one released this summer or something? Where is it? Like, it's clearly almost done right now. So, what the heck happened there for 2018 to be this terrible? Like, these two games, which should have been in development for five, six years now, should have been ready to go this year. So, I don't know what happened. 2019 better be awesome, because, like... There's not really any more excuses anymore because the 3DS, like last year they were still releasing games for the 3DS, this year they are not. Like they're, they're only releasing like ports of Switch games, there's a new Luigi game at the end of the year, another Mario Luigi port, like they're only releasing ports now. So they clearly moved on to only releasing and developing games for one system, so they should have less problem than before. and. It doesn't show that way unless the, the rumors of them working on a successor to the 3DS, which I've always wanted, but deep down I know that that would be a huge mistake. I don't think they could, the industry would support two portable consoles that way. 
if that's true, then maybe that's why like this, the releases have been uh, so scarce because like, what's the excuse Nintendo for 2018 so far? I don't get it. Well, you sort of um, you sort of touched on something here that I find kind of interesting is that if the shareholders are are questioning the same thing you are, well, then it makes sense. Then it makes complete sense why they would have sold the shares and why, like you know, why they lost faith. Yeah, is... the thing is, I don't understand that is because if I was there, I would have waited until November or December because. Like I said, there's two games coming out that will sell, like Gangmasters, and the shares will probably raise. But I was just talking a bit more about in general. Like for me, 2018 has been a huge letdown for the Switch. Yeah, well, I, I, no, but it's interesting. I mean, because seriously, what if, what if the the people were like that? They were like, okay, well, it's not looking great. Yeah, you have Pokemon come out, sure, but what else? Could 2019 be even worse? Is that what they're, you're hinting at? Well, I th- it, it could be that they're, they they just don't have the faith. Like, okay, let's 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 go by with what we know, right? Well, we don't really know very much. What the hell do we know? We know like up to November, right? December, whatever. Well, if you're well, a we know, I think we know a few more. We know that Fire Emblem is 2019, and Yoshi probably is now. And I'm hoping that Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, which was released, I believe, yesterday, I'm hoping that's the last Wii U port we get because I'm getting sick and tired of that. Like, they've but, run out of uh, excuses for me to, to release Wii U ports now. It's like, come on. Well, we'll see. I'm just saying that, like, I think it's... It, it, I mean, we understand, we read this stuff, and, and like, we, we know... Well, we know. We know more or less what's coming and, and stuff like that. But I'm just saying that, like, their E3 showing was not the most impressive thing. I mean, yeah, you got Smash. That's amazing, right? Like, that's great. But what else? Like, where the hell is your, you know, your... Your Bethesda games, where is your, and I think that's what it is. I, more, really, I think it's, it's as simple as that. I think it's, they look and they're like, well, where are we at? The, the, the hardware is selling like crazy, but like, how long is that gonna last? And what the hell does the future hold for this particular platform? So I think it's gonna be very telling. And remember, like, let's not get carried away. The stock did not go down by, uh, you know, 92%. The company is not, like, they're not gonna get delisted and stuff like that. It's just, these things happen. And Nintendo was pissed off. They were, they were annoyed by this, saying like, what the hell, you know? What's wrong with you stupid investors? But it's not just what's wrong with you stupid investors. It goes to show that, guys, you're, you're not, appeasing your shareholders and i'll say it like i am a shareholder and i'm kind of like well where are we going guys like you've got rumors of this you know like a a a follow-up to the 3ds and i like you like as cool as that would be does that make sense does that actually make sense to do that and and what is happening next year? Like, where are teases for the future? And I don't care about first-party stuff. It's like, where are your, you know, where is all the third-party stuff? Where where are we here? What what What's happening? We, we made a podcast, like, in 2017, I believe, or 2016, that was titled The Annex Will Fail. And so far, we've been massively wrong about that one. But mm-hmm. our main uh, reason why 
we said at the time was that third-party support was going to be non-existent because of the Switch's power difference with, right now, the PlayStation 4, but soon to be the PlayStation 5 and Xbox, whatever it's called next. And those consoles are coming, and a bit sooner than on the top. Like, rumors are saying 2020, we might see it, even maybe 2019, they will get announced, maybe not released. So they are coming. And once those uh, puppies show up, like third parties will be developing for them and it will be a lot harder. It's even hard now. It will be a lot harder to port their games. So Nintendo might become, again, like the Wii U and the 3DS, basically the only developer making games for that. And once that happens, like, are we going to get another 2018 like uh, calendar of games from Nintendo? Because if Nintendo is the only one putting games out, there's a huge problem with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, all of this to say, like, we're not uh, we're not saying that like this is the end of the world for the system. No, not at all. It's just that what you just said is, or at least could potentially be, one of the reasons why shareholders did what they did. And I think it's that simple. I don't think we need to, you know, like discuss this like to to death here i think it's really simple i think it's really really simple like they did not have a great e3 showing and like where it looks like the company is heading right now is uh potentially in some uncharted waters and listen everything could turn around we have no idea right we have no idea what's coming and that's part of the problem and that's why some of the shareholders are a little like leery so yeah for me animal crossing and a 2D Mario should be uh, really up their sleeves. Like 2019, we should get those. And those are two huge franchises. Spaces, Animal Crossing and 2D Mario will sell like gangbusters. So if they got that lined up for 2019, that would take off a lot of pressure and I would be very satisfied. But I, like, I don't understand why one of those two at least couldn't have made it this year. And I think, like, if that does happen, then you'll see the the shares rebound because people will be like, "Oh, okay, like, yeah, there's some big stuff in the in the work." And also, let's not forget that we have like a legitimate Pokemon coming and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is there is something, you know, there's there's games coming. And speaking of Pokemon, you have some Pokemon Let's Go news. You told me to watch a trailer, but you said it was three minutes and it was like a minute and fifty seconds. So I don't know if I watched the wrong thing. Oh, it was was it the recent one? Yeah, it came out two days ago. Yeah, it was probably the right one. Then uh, I just got lost. Uh, yeah, so it, I don't know if it was that one because there was three different trailers released in the last two days. There was one that you just saw. There was a Japanese one of the same one that was about thirty seconds longer. And then on Friday there was another one released, but exclusively exclusively on the Japanese uh, website. So there's. Some new information, and that one, I believe, we saw Jesse and James from the anime. I'm not sure if you saw them in yours. But what was interesting about that trailer was that it seems that the main difference right now from Pokemon Let's Go is that you don't get wild encounters. You don't battle them. You just try to catch them by flicking Pokeballs and whatnot. But from the trailers, we can see that you're actually going to be fighting the legendaries. So the legendaries will not be just wild encounters where you just flick your Pokeball at them. It seems like we will actually fight them. So I'm not sure if you will just fight them and then try to catch them or if you will fight them and try to catch them while you're fighting. It will be, it, 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 
put some interesting questions and I wanted to know what your general consensus one on let's go I know like me you're probably gonna buy these and because it's Pokemon you know gonna be excited but what do you think about these games well okay the the I'm not like you right so like I don't I didn't, you know, set my alarm to wake up at 2 a.m. to make sure I was there the the second the trailer dropped type of thing. Um, and, of course, I'm joking. But, like, the more I see of this, the more this is actually looking not bad. I, 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 I know, like, I mean, it's very obvious the way they're showing limited sort of, like, battles and stuff like this and, and captures and, and all that jazz. But, like, just just the trailer I watched today where it was... They called it, like, a feature trailer or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is actually... This is looking not bad. This might be a good, like, hold-me-over until the, the next-generation Pokemon launches. I'm still not entirely convinced, like, this is going to be awesome in terms of the sheer, like, gameplay... But it does look good. Like, it doesn't look bad. I, I enjoyed what I... I've been enjoying what I'm seeing. And probably for the whole year, it's probably my most anticipated game right now, which is kind of weird to say that. My God, how far have I come? <laughs> uh, for me, the only issue I have, the thing that scares me the most is the difficulty. Like, I fear that this will be, like, the easiest Pokemon game ever, which are really not that hard, to be honest. Uh, so, like, I really want this... If this... They figure out somehow to appease the hardcore crowd and the casual crowd and give us a challenge, like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Like, I, I don't think I'll... I'll play it as much as the other ones. I'll probably play it once or twice, and then that'll, that'll be it. And I'll be waiting the 2019 main series game but for now it'll be an interesting it will uh i'd rather have those and nothing at all so it'll be fun for me i just hope that there's some kind of a challenge in there somewhere yeah challenge uh that was one of the things that when i watched the trailer where i was like it feels like a reboot of sorts aimed directly at a very young audience. That, and that, that could be completely wrong. That could be just Jared being Jared, like, you know, but that's what I get. So I, I feel like, like this is seriously going to be aimed. I don't want to say children. I hate saying that, but just at a younger audience. And yeah, I, I'm not foreseeing like you die, not die, but you even getting like a Pokemon knocked out, I think would be shocking. Like, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the final topic I have. And this one is a bit, is really, really strange for me because I've been questioning in the last topic Nintendo's motives this year, but this one is even more ridiculous than ever. Nintendo said that they wish and they want to release 20 to 30 indie titles a week. That's their goal. And I was at my jaw drop. I was like, are they insane? Like, do they even know what they just said? Even if those 20 to 30 titles were all amazing titles, they would just overflow the market. Nobody would have a chance to buy everything. Imagine if Zelda Breath of the Wild Every month you get thirty different Zelda Breath of the Wild games. Like what would like the market would crash, man. Nobody would be able to support all these games. 
Oh, and what's going to happen with this is that probably like one or two of these games will be fantastic, four or five good, and the rest will be either crap or barely playable. Like that's what's going to happen. And the the, the eShop is already overflowing with games that are have no business being there or just quick uh, cash-ins, and I don't want this to happen. This is one of the biggest success stories so far of the Switch, and you're supposed to do a, a video on that. But the indie titles on the eShop are amazing. Some of the best games I've had with these, the Stardew Valleys, the uh, uh, Night in the Woods, the Golf Stories, all these games are just amazing. And uh, one of the greatest incentives to own a Switch, because some of these are exclusives, and even the ones that aren't, you can play them anywhere, and it's just amazing to be able to do so. And I think Nintendo is losing their minds here. Like, I know they've, they've seen the success, but... I don't know. I don't think they understand how the market works sometimes. Well, it's funny you say that because this is what killed Atari. Like, well, I mean, one of the reasons that killed Atari was the oversaturation of their market and the lack of quality. And if you go to Steam, if you go to the App Store, Google Play, how many games are actually successful? You know, and What's so sad about this is that those platforms have brilliant games that are completely overshadowed by the crap, the the filler, the shovelware, the whatever. And Nintendo, more than anyone, should know this. I mean, these are the guys that limited the amount of releases that you could have on the original NES specifically for that reason. I mean, obviously it was to do with uh, cartridge uh, manufacturing as well and, and so on and so forth. But still, like the idea that you're going to release 20, 20 to 30 games a week, you will oversaturate your market and it's going to crash. Like you will never be able to support that and that's a really stupid business model what you should be doing is trying to get like you know one great great like your celeste you know like one of those type of games a month if you could do that that'd be amazing and of course yeah you're gonna have other releases naturally that's just going to happen it's like the app stores and all of that but to want that I think people are are really losing touch with reality here because it's so hard to find good games on these other platforms even though there are so many that exist it's just it's hard it's hard to find them because no one gives certain games a chance and then if you've got 20 games out and like 18 of them are like you know all right and two are like really good well who knows that you know what I mean because you've got 7 days you got seven days for those two games to shine before, oh, there goes the next 20 or 30 or whatever it is. And, yeah, I think this is a really stupid uh, business move myself. Yeah, no, I have no idea what they're thinking here because it, it seems like they're messing with something that shouldn't be messed with because they already have the advantage. Like, indies want their games on Switch now because that's where they sell better. Who knows if that will last, but right now it's it seems to show no signs of slowing down. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what, why they said that, what they were thinking there. Even 20 to 30 games a month, like, that would be more reasonable, but... Yeah, but even still. I don't know, man. The odds are the more games you put, the more trash you put out, so... Alright, so we're done now. 
we're up to my blast from the past. And the last time I did a podcast with you, you mentioned rock and roll racing. And I told you I was going to tell you the game that it was based on. And I have no idea if what I'm saying is true. No idea. So rock and roll racing could be based on Super Mario Brothers for all I know. But for me, seeing footage of rock and roll racing having seen footage of it in the past. Like, it's clear to me that that game was influenced by RC pro Do you think I'm wrong here? No, I think you're right. Yeah. So, and I wanted to mention specifically RC pro 2, because that's the one I loved the most as a kid. I actually had, when I was growing up, we had one of those NES multi-taps or whatever it was, so we were actually able to play that game with four-player. Wow. And it's a lot easier to do so. Because uh, the, the way that game works is that uh, I believe I, I don't know if that's how many races, but every time the, the loser gets eliminated. So if you play with four players, you lose uh, a player instead of uh, like the the AI obviously will never lose, but if you lose a four player, like one of the players will will lose, and then you lose. So you have a, a bigger chance to stay longer in the game. And I, I was never able to beat that game because it's. But I was able to get a lot farther because of that, the, the multi-tap. And I had a blast with it, and you had to collect the Nintendo phrase to be able to upgrade your cars, which was amazing, which I don't remember what was what it was changed to in the Rare Replay uh, game, because I, I, I recall it, you were not picking up the Nintendo letters. But whatever the case may be, I had a blast with those... Uh, I say RC Prime 2, but I also had a blast with RC Prime, and I don't remember if both of them supported the multi-tap. I don't think so. I, I call it the multi-tap, but I think it was the NES satellite or something like that. Oh, God, I don't even remember, man. I don't remember, right? So anyway, that's uh, my blast from the past uh, this week. Well, very good job. Very good job. I'm actually coming to the end. I wrote it down, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm coming to the end. I'm going to have to, gonna have to think of more games. No! <laughs> All right, well, that was very fun and enjoyable, as it always is, and I hope you guys enjoyed, and I also hope uh, you join us for our next podcast, because we have something uh, we have something special that Stephen thought up for our Canadian Gamers episode 100. That's going to be... That's crazy to think that we've done a hundred episodes of these things is pretty wild. And it's still pretty wild that we continue to do this. Regardless of what life has thrown at us, we continue to, uh, to pump these out. Well, guys, anyway, I hope you enjoy. Don't forget our podcasts always go live the day that we record them pretty much or the day after. And, uh, that would be on like iTunes and, uh, podcasting services. But if you are watching this here on YouTube, it's every second Sunday we post this and we always alternate between Nintendo fanboys and Canadian gamers. And in terms of content, we still have a couple weeks left of reviews for you guys that are going to be every Wednesday and Friday. Stephen and I uh, both worked on um, on that and kudos to Stephen for, you know, basically doing something. It was nice. And uh, there we go. So hope uh, you all have a very good two weeks, and we will catch you on the other side. Take care, everyone.